What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Matt Goes to the Movies. And we are back to talk about a video game adaptation. Rob and I put on our big boy pants. We dove in the deep end. And after the massive disappointment that was Halo, I had major, major reservations going into this. Rob, you were a hell of a lot more optimistic than I was. Um, does this live up to it? If you looked at anything leading up to the release of HBO Max's The Last of Us, uh, you would almost thought people were trolling. It was almost too good to be true. Uh, but Rob, I I'm here to say that this almost is too good to be true, but in the best way possible and we'll get into it much much more but i'm kind of in awe of what i've seen tonight yeah definitely a high production value um a lot of things to be excited about for the rest of the season if you're a fan of the game um there's things that are going to make you very excited um and i <clears throat> shared your apprehension because we were both excited about a game uh, you know a series adaption of halo um particularly when we heard what the budget was for that show. Like it was like the, the most gigantic budget we'd ever heard of for a TV show. We couldn't believe it. Um, and that had some, some moments that we enjoyed. There were episodes in there that we did enjoy, even though we mostly talk about it in negative terms uh, because it mostly was a disappointment. In fact, when we did our 22 um, year end recap, it made our lists of one of our biggest disappointments of the year. So then roll into the very next big show that's coming out is another video game adaption of a treasured property, but this time it's being done by HBO and it's being done with actors we recognize and respect. And part of what made, and that's, and that's really one of the things that gave me hope that this was going to be really good is they had people, you know, um, uh, Neil Druckmann was involved. So that gave me a lot of hope. Um, he was, you know, had a naughty dog. He wrote and directed the original game as it was heavily involved with naughty dog. And if you're not familiar with their work, not only are they responsible for the last of us, but they're also responsible for crash bandicoot, which a lot of people like, but in terms of narrative and, and, you know, characters that are interesting, um, the uncharted series is just fantastic. And I can't recommend it highly enough. Every single one of them is really a blast to play and the characters are interesting. So his involvement gave me a lot of hope, but also thinking about some other properties HBO has been involved with recently, say what you want about the last two, three ish episodes of game of Thrones, everything leading up to that was some of the best that television has ever had to offer. And more recently, the Watchmen adaption that they did, was really compelling and very interesting and had me hooked week to week. I could not wait for the next episode. So coming into this, I had a lot of reasons to be optimistic. And uh, like you said, uh, after having seen the first episode, um, my expectations were met and I was not let down in any way. There's things that they did that are direct adaptions and there's some things that they changed and the things that they changed are, are not things that I go, um, you know, hey, you betrayed the fan base there, um, like some things that we saw on that other video game show we were just talking about. Yeah, that's 100 percent accurate. And, you know, that's where I kind of want to start talking about, you know, this review it, is the history of this 
video game. Now, we don't want to get into what happens in the game because obviously that's going to be upcoming spoilers for other episodes. Uh, We want to stick to the episode that we're on when we review this show, you know, every single week. But Rob, you talked about a beloved game. I mean, the first one is still considered maybe one of the greatest games of all time, depending on circles. Um, It's certainly topped your list in our video game reviews that we did our top 100 video games of all time um you know a a game that has been released on the playstation 3 the playstation 4 and now the playstation 5 in a remake and i made a joke while watching this that i actually hate this um this first episode because it makes me want to spend 70 dollars and go and buy the remake um, <laughs> but so I'm not the only one that felt that way. Okay. Yes. Um, I was literally like, Oh God, why, why are you doing this to me? Um, but this video game is just, it's so well loved. Now the second one, there's definitely, I mean, the buzz behind the second one, when it first came out in the reviews, whether it was review bombing or, you know, people's decisions. Um, well, not people's decisions, but people's thoughts on how that game actually went. Um, I think it's a little bit like what you mentioned earlier with Game of Thrones. And I'm convinced that if people were to go back and watch Game of Thrones now, the last season might not be as bad, including the ending episodes. I think people had gotten so attached to it. And I think sometimes this happens that, you know, it's easy once something comes out to say, oh, well, you should have done this. You should have done that. But I really think that Game of Thrones is does not end as horrible as people think it does. But that's just my opinion. And that would be a completely different topic. But this is something that people have been waiting for for a very long time and something that was highly anticipated. We got the trailer. There was a lot of buzz about this. And again, you you look at the reviews that were coming out for this and it's what I think a 99% right now, like on Rotten Tomatoes, like it, there's one person that doesn't like it or whatever the case may be. Um, and I just, again, I'm in, I, I'm in awe that something that's so beloved, again, even when they did change something here in this first episode, in this first episode, it's not like an F you to the fan base like Halo did. It makes sense. The small changes that are in episode one. Now, whether that lasts for the entire season, that's something to be seen. But for this first release here, what they have done, I really don't think it can be understated is incredible. Yeah, there was, um, it's so hard to adapt something and keep the fan base happy because anytime you change something, you're going to change something that a percentage of the fan base holds sacred or, or feels betrayed that you changed it. Not, not understanding that you know, what works in print doesn't work in film, doesn't work for TV, doesn't work for games, doesn't even work for graphic novels. I mean, adapting any of those pieces of entertainment into any of those other pieces of entertainment, there's different ways you tell that story and there's different things that are important for that story. 
So I am, you know, very open-minded about anything they want to change about this. Um, because again, like I mentioned, the, they have, they kind of have my benefit of the doubt. They have, they have my trust that the things they're going to do, they're going to do well. They've already said they're going to cut down. And again, we're not going to give spoilers for anybody who's listening to this. It's not going to play the game and doesn't want to have anything ruined. Feel free. You're going to be able to listen and enjoy because we're not going to ruin anything for you. But they've said that they're going to cut down on some of the violence um, and the overall violent tone that was present in the game. And the game is very violent. I mean, um, it's one of those ones that when your character uh, dies, they show you the animation of the creature ripping you apart. Or if it's a human character, you know, they show that. And it's it's pretty gruesome. I mean, it's one of those things like depending on how late at night you're playing, you might find yourself going, eh, I'm going to go to bed now, I think. It's like the uh, in that regard for the game, it's like the new Tomb Raider series. I don't know if you ever got to play any of those games, but uh yeah, like Laura Cross death in those new Tomb Raider games are pretty graphic. And that was one thing that I was like surprised at with the first time I ever played The Last of Us was like, oh, OK, they're they're definitely not shying away from it. But I think it also. Um, you don't need to necessarily we've seen before where violence doesn't make the show. You can tone back on it and still have a an interesting take and something that makes you feel uncomfortable. Cause sometimes it's, I, sh- I hate to say better, um, but it means more for your imagination to be the thought process and not actually see it on screen. So I don't 100%. Really, like, I don't really have a problem with them saying that they're going to tone stuff back. Cause I think sometimes that we've seen that can, that can take away from the experience. You know, we've mentioned Game of Thrones several times. You know, they they used uh, violence, they used nudity, they used sex almost for its shock value at times on that show. You know, there was, and that's where sometimes people have said on rewatches it comes off a little bit odd because it doesn't have the same shock value the second time through. So, you know, when you kind of leave things up to the imagination, to your point. And that's not really when you really get to the heart of why people love this game. It's the narrative. It is 100% the narrative. Yes, the violence is a part of it. And in and in game form, it works because everything's digital anyways. You know, it, it, it you're not worried about the effects having to be perfect or else it's ruined or just the, the visceral impact of seeing something that looks real. Um, you know, in a game, it, it just doesn't matter as much. But. I, I, when we, when we're talking about the narrative and why this is so beloved, there are still people and you think about it. Okay. So it's 2023. Now we're at the point where, you know, the Nintendo entertainment system came out in 1985. So the people that grew up with gaming are in their thirties, forties, and fifties. Now, you know, that grew up as gamers. There are people who grew up as a gamer who have grandchildren now. So the old ideas of, you know, the gamer person is just this nerdy guy living in his mother's basement. That that stereotype is gone. It's obliterated. There are so many. I want to say it's almost 50 50 now male to female. The uh, percentage of people who consider themselves gamers when you look at the the demographics. I mean, my mom is going to turn 65 this year and I would consider her a gamer because she plays Candy Crush. She plays Angry Birds. She has a Nintendo DS. You know, she plays words with friends with me like she's a gamer, whether she wants to admit it or not. 
And we're way past the point of, you know, those old stereotypes of, of gamers. It's another valid piece of entertainment. It's another piece of the entertainment landscape. And I think what's interesting is this show is going to get people who don't consider themselves gamers, or maybe they only play just a couple of games on their phone and will never own a console. It's going to open their eyes up to this other world of, of what games are, even if they're never going to play it, it's going to change their perceptions a lot. I think it, but it's going to allow, you know, your family members who have heard you rave about the narrative of this game, but they, again, they don't consider themselves gamers. They're going to have the opportunity to see what we've been talking about all along. And, and, and again, the percentage of people who aren't gamers is continuing to shrink. I, eventually, people are, and, and I've said this about this particular game for a while, and I might have even said this when we reviewed it on, on the gaming episode. I regard The Last of Us Part 1 as the Citizen Kane of video games. It really is, in my opinion, a masterpiece, an absolute masterpiece that I think everybody who is a gamer should should throw it in their PlayStation and give it a go. Um, you know, you just mentioned they released the first part again on on PlayStation 5 for 70 bucks. But if that's not really your jam and if you have one of the older ones, you can go buy, you know, it for the PlayStation 3 or PlayStation 4 used pretty cheap right now and uh, and have a fantastic time with it. Um, I can't recommend it highly enough. It's it's well worth it. And, you know, when when you think about the masterpieces again of entertainment um things like citizen kane the mona lisa michelangelo's david the sistine chapel it feels weird to put a violent video game in those same contexts, but for its genre um i'll defend that opinion to anybody who wants to challenge it yeah uh you know what what struck me is this episode starts and for somebody like you and me, Rob, we know what's coming. Yep. We've played this game. And to me, what hooked me immediately and it, it takes a second. Um, we'll start getting into the episode, you know, as a whole, it still got me. I have seen, and I'm, I'm stealing this, um, I was watching this with my son, Brandon, and, and he said this line. So credit to Brandon for, for coming up with this, this line that I'm about to say. Uh, there's a particular scene about 25 minutes into the show that I have now seen twice in the same day. And I was emotional both times. I knew what was happening. I knew what was coming. And I still felt a pit in my stomach. I felt my eyes well up. And to know what's happening and to still get a genuine emotional reaction, I knew that the that this episode was going to be something good. To me, that was the immediate sign that this was going to be something I enjoyed. Again, I'm only talking about episode one because that's all we have. Um, but episode one gives me every indication that this is as good as everybody says it is. When you think about the difficulty of that scene, um, that is, for the story they're going to tell, that is one of the most important scenes they have to nail. They have to get that right. For the yep. things that are going to come, that scene is critical to the things that are going to come. 
And I want to absolutely credit uh, Nico Parker and Pedro Pascal because they nailed it. They absolutely nailed that scene. Um, I knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. I think, I don't know if how many people who have not played the game knew that that was coming. But um, even though I knew it was coming, I was absolutely affected. It was beautifully acted, beautifully shot, beautifully directed, beautifully edited, and incredibly effective. Uh, right out of the gate, um, I'm into this thing. You know, I, I think at times maybe this episode moves a little bit slow and, and it, that's not necessarily a critique. It's, you know, my concern is that people who aren't like devotees of this uh, property, you know, we, we've talked about this with Disney Plus. A lot of times they tend to re- release two episodes at a time and sometimes even three episodes at a time of, of series um, to kind of get people hooked. And we talked particularly with WandaVision, you really needed to get a couple episodes in before that thing really hooks you. And I worry that, that people who don't have anyone in their ear, you know, is there enough of a hook at the end of this to keep them coming back week after week after week, particularly if they were really affected by the death of Sarah and we're like, okay, I'm out. You know, this is, this bothered me too much. I don't want to see kids get hurt, but Oh my God, just I particularly Nico Parker, um, her portrayal of, of that scene, really, really affected me. And I thought she was fantastic. And it's a shame that, um, I mean, we might, I don't know, we might see flashbacks or something of her later on in the series, but you know, um, I, I'll be curious to see what else she does in her career because she's, she was fantastic at the short bit that we got. Um, I believe the relationship, I believed, you know, so much of what was going on. I believed uh, Joel's pain, uh, when that was happening and her, her fear of what was going on, um, really got me. Yeah. And, you know, I want to point something out here because I I couldn't help thinking about it as, you know, I was waiting to talk about this episode. But the last time that I saw Pedro Pascal try to play a father was in Wonder Woman 84. And I thought he was terrible in that movie. I really did. I, I thought he was horrible. Call it the script, whatever you want. Um I didn't believe that relationship at all with him and his son at the end. But I'll tell you, if you know nothing about this, they don't like they give you enough to for the brief time that those two are together to automatically care about this father daughter relationship. So you are skipping the daddy Lorian bit. Well, I mean, that's great. Like, (laughs) (laughs) um, but I think that's effective, but he's also got a helmet on. So it's hard to see the facial. Emotion right. For most ex- of it. Exactly. Um, you know, I'm, t- I'm just, I'm, I'm going from a human to human element here. Um, <laughs> you know, with that comparison, but I mean, it, really the, the less you say about Wonder Woman 1984, the better yeah. just in general, you know, there's, there's nothing about that. That was effective <laughs> and worked. There's maybe one scene in there. That's actually good. Yeah. Um, but you know, they get into that relationship and just the subtleties, like the way that they joke around with each other. And, you know, how did you get the money to pay for the watch drugs? Um, the fact that she, <laughs> the fact that she's like, I took the money from you, but I gave you back the 40. Cause I'm an honest thief. Like you, they, you just build up. And again, for me though, I know what's coming and you know, 
obviously you've seen the episode now. What's coming is he's going to lose his daughter. And you know that's going to, like, we know that's going to happen. And as the scene was starting to play out, I was actually talking out loud. And I'm like, no, like, don't. Like, I was talking and actively rooting, like, I was like my interaction with the episode was somehow going to change the outcome. Like this was like, this was virtual reality. And I had a yeah. say on what was going to happen. Like I was so invested. I was talking to the TV. And let's, let's kind of talk about the the lead up to that because, you know, we see this in a lot of post-apocalyptic fiction, um, particularly, you know, let's call it what it is. You know, we're not going to, these aren't zombies, but it's, it's got a lot of similarities to, to zombie, you know, fiction and, and things like that. When, when the outbreaks happen, you know, we, we've seen terror before we've seen chaos before. Um, this was really good though. When you think about, you know, Tommy and Joel together with Sarah and just their, their confusion, their, their fear, um, they're just, they just need to survive and they got to keep her safe. They're trying to, you know, take care of each other as the chaos is happening. The way that that's all shot, um, was frantic. I mean, it's got you right on the edge of your seat. I was, I was thrilled with what they did with it. I thought it was incredibly effective. Um, you know, the audience doesn't really know what's going on just yet. We've got some ideas, um, but it really drew you in and, 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 was was a great opening. Yeah, it's in you know in that opening too you immediately see production value in this. And I that yes. was something I said as well. I was like, "Wow, the production value in this is unbelievable. It's fantastic." I also loved how when they were trying, you know, when they when they come back, you know, Joel has to go and get Tommy because he's he's been arrested and they're they're coming back at two in the morning, I think is what the clock says. Um it, you know, to 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 rescue his daughter. The way that the truck was filmed, I was like, this looks like the video game. Like the way that they had the inside the like inside the truck shot and everything like that. I, I thought that was just really well shot. And Again, just like the emotions going through that, they played it so well with, we don't know, you know, they're, they're seeing these things right now, but we don't know what they saw before that. And the simple fact of the matter is, I love the line where Tommy's like, they've got a kid. So do we keep going? Like, yeah, Joel's like, we have to go like to the point where he's like, run these people over. And he's not talking about the dangerous ones. He's just talking about everybody like the sheer panic. And just the only thought is for him to, you know, protect his daughter is right there on screen. And he plays it so well. And like you said, man, it's it's just almost a shame that she dies. You know, the the narrative of the story is her dying, which leads to certain events, Uh, because even the way she plays it just sitting in the back seat is so well done. And she doesn't have yep. a lot of dialogue, but everything about that is amazing. And just the sheer scope of those, I shouldn't say opening scenes, but that opening call it a prelude 
to what you know we know is the last of us for you and i and people who have played the video game um boy i tell you it that shot of the plane crashing just wow i mean how could you ask for anything like i just don't understand how you could ask for anything more no not at all and you know, just thinking back to the chaos, you know, they're, they're turning down this street, that street, all of a sudden the people are running the other direction. Um, everywhere they turn, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out a way out. And then, you know, they think they've got a way out and all of a sudden it's blocked off and then the cops show up and, um, just really, um, very well executed overall. The, just the, like you said, the overall production value is pretty good. I want to actually even go back before that. So they, they, they really actually start the show in, I think, 1963. It's the 60s, either way. I can't believe I didn't say that. And <sighs> the fact that they chose that I thought was really interesting because um, they could have said it in 2003 just as easily or, or you know, call it modern times. Um, but they chose to do the, the 60s and, and the, everything looked right. I mean, it looked, you know, the, the way they were dressed, the, the camera equipment, everything was was pretty cool. Um, and, and they kind of give us, you know, by the way, the, the fungal infection, um, that turns everybody into, you know, for lack infected for lack of a, of a better word, I think that's really what they call them anyways. Um, the, the fungal infection actually is a real thing. The cordyceps infection that it, it affects ants. It really is happening. And if you want to just freak yourself out, go ahead and look it up on Wikipedia because it turns them into zombie ants. You can just like do a search on zombie ants and what it does is it gets in their brain and it kind of takes control of the brain and it makes the ants go to the top of this tree. And that's where it basically kills it and then kind of consumes it's it alive. And, and that's how the fungus, you know, reproduces it has to get to the top. Um, and the whole idea is that it jumps to people. Um, and the fact that they kind of set that at the beginning, what I liked about that is when you look at different, call it infected uh, uh, kinds of shows and films, you know, not just all zombies, but functionally that's what they are. You know, The Walking Dead, as, as we're probably going to make a lot of comparisons throughout this series to that because it's, you know, one of the other major shows that, that's got something like this. They never really gave us a reason for the outbreak. And that's what and that really worked for the show. That was something that was important to Robert Kirkman. He never wanted like he didn't want to focus on that. He wanted to focus on the survivors. He wanted to make it a zombie show, but it was actually about people uh, or it was his comic book that got adapted to the show. But I like just having something to go off of. I like that they explain a little bit of it. I, I like that it's explained, but they still retain some of the mystery. They don't go too far out into the weeds to give you everything. You know, they, by having it start in the sixties with this talk show with the two virologists, um, they're, they're not Qui-Gon explaining the midichlorians, you know, but they're giving you enough to kind of work with, but keep the mystery. And I really liked that choice. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm I'm kicking myself that that's not where we started because that really was I thought that was incredibly effective and I did really like too the performances in there because you know the host of the talk show there's actually some pretty good bits of humor in there um, where do you get your LSD right yeah he's like well where do you get it like you know there's funny parts and then you can see they even play that really well because there's that change in his facial expression where he kind of stops going from like, haha, this is funny. It's joke to, well, wait, what if this ever happened? 
Um, And I thought that set the tone very well. Like you said, it gives you just enough, but I do like the fact that it just kind of starts, you start to see the little, you know, pieces, the breadcrumbs of "Hmm, something's going on here. You know, there's a fighter jet that flies overhead all damn day. You see a SWAT car drive, you know, a, a SWAT tank driving by police cars, fire trucks, um, you know, the, the panic in the shop owner's wife when she's like, we're done. You're like, we're shut down. Like you need to go home. Um, it was real. It, like, it was all really well done. And, you know, uh, get this guy in, in more movies. Um, whoever trained that dog to act like he was afraid. Oh boy, yeah. That boy, that dog was convincing. Like, yeah. <laughs> like absolutely. Good, good Lord. When you have a show, when even the dog is given an award winning performance, you, you got something going here. <laughs> and I, and I don't think that was a CG dog either. No, that if it was, it was the best CGI I've ever seen. Seriously. Kudos to HBO max because they might need to start giving some lessons to, to Marvel and some of their CGI, because oh God, yeah. that was, that was incredible. Like everything about, you know, the, the lead up to the actual breakout. Now, you know, this is where, because, uh, well, there are a couple of things that are changed in those scenes from the game. Um, but again, I don't think it, it lessened anything because you still know what's happening. Um, I, I don't think you need the neighbor busting through the window scene. I, I don't think you needed that because we didn't get that in this ga- uh, in the show. Um, but again, I don't, it doesn't take anything away from it. Like you, feel, I, you kind of said you feel the same way, but you know, did you miss any of that? No, because there's certain things that you have to do when you're making a game to draw a player in and make it fun for the player, mm-hmm. you know, in those, pretty much every game. Now the first mission is just a tutorial on how to play the game because video games don't come with instruction manuals anymore and they haven't for years. So, um, everything is a tutorial. The first mission it's, it's, it's setting up the story. It's giving you who the characters are half the time in games anymore. You don't even play as the main character that you're going to be for the rest of the game. You're playing as somebody else to start it through that tutorial opener. Um, So, so much of that is just, you know, things that are interesting for the player or situations that'll be like, oh, and if you hit the triangle button, that's how you throw a grenade. Um, Actually, usually triangle is like an action button. And and I think, (laughs) um, you know, usually grenades are are L2, I guess, um, uh, or L1, depending on your setup. But, um, you know, so so all of that kind of stuff, like I honestly I don't need this show to do anything fan service wise. I want them to tell the story. I don't need. Like, like in Halo, some things that I thought were cool at that time were when they used the the actual sound effects of certain things. I thought that was cool in that game. It's a sci-fi show that's supposed to be about sci-fi stuff. Mm-hmm. This is a show that needs to be about the people. I just want them to tell and, and the story. And I want them to tell the story. I don't want any first person moments. I don't need like Joel down listening and, and all of a sudden he's got radar vision. Like I don't need any of that stuff to actually make its way into the show just tell a good story. Yeah. The, the fan service in this is just adapting the story because fan service, like fan service in this game, that would be ridiculous. Like radar hearing would be stupid. Like the, the first person mode for master chief and like the shield recharging, 
yeah, that makes sense in that universe. But yeah, the, the fan service is this, is give us the locations, give us the shots, and give us the dialogue. Because that's what this game and this property is known for. It's the story. I, I mean, people don't sit there and go, oh man, you remember how The Last of Us had amazing gunplay? Like, yeah, the gameplay is good, but it's the story that kicks you through everything. So I, I totally agree with that. I, I don't think we need any kind of fan service moment, so to speak. It's just, did you adapt the story the way the fans like want you to adapt it? Because um, the interesting thing about this one is more so, and again, for right now, it's the only one that we really have to compare with. To me, this story can bring everybody in. It can bring in different viewers. Where we talked about with Halo, they really made it so that, oh, well, we don't want to just appease the people, the players of the games. We need to find a way that, you know, people who don't play Halo ever would come in and play this. Like, this is a show and this is a story that can hook all demographics. Absolutely. And that's where, you know, I will be very excited to see when this season is done, um, are people, do they regard video games differently than they did? Um, you know, do they think about it differently? Do they, you know, it, it, it's typically older people at this point that are still, you know, angry man shouts at cloud. Oh, these mm -hmm. video games are ruining the kids and things like that. You know, these, these don't, you know, think about Martin Scorsese complaining about the MCU. You know, there's, there's those kind of people that are out there that are, you know, Roger Ebert very famously had a lot of beef with, with video games um, and that they could never tell a story the way that a film could. And, mm -hmm. and that's true because a film tells a story the way a film will, and a game will tell a story the way a game will. Um, there's, there's so much crossover now between the world of Hollywood and the world of gaming, the same people work on the same properties. You know, it's right. It's, it's really, it's just a matter of, do you want to sit in a theater and watch a two and a half hour um, experience? Or do you want to sit on your couch with a control in your hand, have a 25 hour experience as interactive? That's really where it is at this point. Yeah, no, that's, that's a hundred percent. Right. And you know, once once that opening part of this uh, this show is over, you know, it fast forwards twenty years later, and sometimes that can be good, sometimes that can be bad. Um, but the way that they set up the opening, and again, not even knowing the game, to me, I think that the way that they jump ahead. And the way that they showed things like breaking down immediately and the chaos and, you know, the simple fact that, you know, his daughter dies because a soldier is willing to shoot her. Like, that's a really telling, powerful moment of how crazy this already is in this short period of time that we've seen what's happening here. And we don't even know what's happening. Uh, but to me, the 20 year jump ahead you know, it works because I do believe that what we saw sets up the fact that like, yeah, things just got way out of hand and boy, this world kind of sucks now. Um, I thought that was very effective. And I think it's, you know, 
it's effective for somebody who hasn't played the game as well, which is critical. Yeah, and that 20-year jump also allows us to see the person Joel has become as opposed to us having to watch him go through the mourning period as opposed to watch how he gets from Texas to Boston, how he meets all of these people. I don't need that. Let's no. just jump right into it where he he lives in a fascist state and there are, you know, quote-unquote freedom fighters that are trying to liberate and 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 things like that. He's we don't need to see him set up his smuggling operation. We don't need that. Mm -hmm. I'll figure it out. You know, I don't necessarily need to see how the sausage is made all the time. You kind of get the idea that they're it's, it's again, it's very um, authoritarian, heavy police and military presence. Their currency are basically ration tokens. Um, That's how they get food. And that's also their, their form of, of currency. That's how they barter. Um, and everything kind of sucks. Um, yeah. and, uh, I, yeah, just, I don't need a ton of explanation on all that. Just let me see that the world exists. Yeah. And again, you get that scene where you know how far maybe he's gone. Um, because when they're dumping the bodies into that fire pit, uh, the person that he's working with, you know, she sits there, she sees the body and she's like, I can't do it because I believe that's was that um, her daughter. I'm assuming that's what that implies. I can't remember that part exactly. I don't I don't know that I necessarily took that it was somebody she was related to as much as it was. Just oh, the fact that it was a kid. OK, gotcha. OK, just I think it was a kid in general. And, uh, and OK, Joel was so cold hearted or just you know, yeah. himself off that he just did it. So like in, in either way, whether or not, you know, I interpret it as the woman couldn't do it because she knew that, like she knew the kid, like I, I was assuming it was her daughter. Um, but either way, that's effective. Like she can't do it because it's a kid. And Joel's just like, boom, fire pit. Like, you know, he's in this moment that we see him after, you know, his loss, it's, well, this is the world now, and yep. yeah, I, it's I don't care if it's a male adult, a male female, an old, young, like they just they got the body got has to get burned. Um, yep. Got to get them ration tickets, right? Exactly, and like you said, I you know GDP get that paper. I I don't need to I didn't need to see him slowly going into this abyss of well, this is just how it is, and I'm kind of you know my feelings are shut off you get everything that you need to know of why he would be like this um, without it being overdrawn. Now, one thing that I want to get your opinion on, um, you know, you said parts of this episode are slow. Is that something that you were thinking or just some like that you had a problem with, or is that just something you were bringing up to the fact of somebody who's not familiar with the game? Um, you know, because it starts off kind of on a breakneck, um, but then it does have to slow down for a second to let you kind of know what's going on here. Now, for me, I was just hooked. I, I never felt like this slowed down to where I was like, oh, okay, I want something, you know, I, I need something else to happen. Um, but what were your feelings on that? You know, just in that, um, I think, you know, just you, you get an hour to set this world up, set, set the thing in motion. And there's plenty of things that happen in this, in this week's episode that I, 
I think there's enough for somebody who's not familiar with the with the property to want to come back to it. But I, I kind of wonder, is there enough for everybody? Is there anybody that sees this and goes, oh, this is what everybody's been talking about? Because not only is this um, being talked about in, in the places that, that gamers go to, but this is just kind of out there in just general pop culture. You know, if you're a fan of HBO, this, this will get advertised in the places you go. Um, you're, you know, you've seen this out there. It's being discussed, it's being talked about. So if you're checking it out, you know, and, and don't have a lot of familiarity, I almost kind of wonder, is there enough to get somebody to come back in? The fact that she's got the infection, but it didn't, it didn't kill her. And that somehow is unique about her. We've kind of seen that before. Um, is there enough to get you to come back? Um, and I hope that, you know, people do, because I think the payoff is certainly going to be there. Um, you know, no spoiler here, but I, I don't necessarily think that they're going to finish the first game in season one. I kind of think it's going to take two seasons to tell that story. Um, it's just kind of my, my initial thought. And I, and I feel like I've heard somewhere that they know that this is a series that has a definitive number of seasons that they can do. Um, I think they already know what that number is. I, I don't necessarily think this is something that's going to take nine or 10 seasons to tell their story. No, I, I definitely, if it does, that's where I totally believe it would be dragged out. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I do think, though, that there's enough and, you know, cut back. You know, you, you had made a comment before about cutting back on the violence and, and things like that. And I think that's one of the things that, too, again, less was more. Um, you know, we find out that Joel is he's trying to get a battery and a truck so that he can try and find Tommy. Um, they, they've been separated um, and he's trying to get to him a deal goes wrong. And, um, I do love the fact how, you know, you get, you don't see it right away, but you, you can tell Joel's done some things, um, in this 20 years that have made people understand that he's probably not someone to be messed around with. Um, but when they go to, you know, break in and get this battery back, there's a lot of dead bodies around. Uh, um, but you don't see it. You see the aftermath, you see some, you know, you see blood, you see the bodies. But again, I think that's something that like, I really appreciate it is you didn't, I didn't need to see that. Like I actually didn't need to see like a hallway shootout, you know, um, with the fireflies and things like that. It did everything I needed it to do in that scene. Yeah. And even just seeing the aftermath, I mean, the one firefly's got her ear kind of blown off and it's not gratuitous. Like you see it, like you see, there's obviously a makeup effect there, um, but it's not like the focal point, mm -hmm. um, you know, the aftermath is sort of, and, and the way that Joel kind of identifies where the threats are um, and, and moves through that room and the way that he's able to, um, you know, manipulate Ellie's knife pretty quickly. Um, this is a guy who, knows how to handle himself in that kind of situation. And really, if you think about it, it I, we, we have no reason to believe he's got military training or anything like that. Uh, he's a construction guy. So, but somehow this guy lived through the immediate aftermath of the outbreak, managed to get somehow from Texas to Boston and exist. He survived. He made a life and, and also figured out how to smuggle. 
So mm-hmm. not only is he existing and thriving in this world, he's also running illegal uh, operations that require him to run afoul of the, of the existing law. So this is somebody who is specifically lived in this world for a reason. Um, he's, a, he's, he's been able to survive because of his skills, because of how he was able to adapt. So yeah, he's a pretty mean motor scooter. Yeah. And you know, I did really like that interact. Like I really did like that first interaction between him and Ellie as well. Um, where also too, I really did. I like that hallway scene a lot with just, you know, everybody's like role in it. Like everybody had like an actual important part to play. Like Joel being the one who was front and center pointing the gun. Um, uh, and I'm drawing a blank here. I'm sorry. The girl that he's with Tess Tess being the voice of reason. Um, I liked all of that. Like everybody had a part and they played it very, very well. Um, and she talks him down a little bit too. And you can tell that that's not his inclination, but he trusts her enough. Mm-hmm. And we see this one other time when he wants to go get the guys that rolled immediately. Her. Yeah. She knows how to talk him off of that. And he, Maybe he doesn't agree, but he trusts that mm-hmm. what she says is the right way to go forward and, and they go with it. And it's a very interesting dynamic. Yeah, I really like that because she's like, I told him you wouldn't hurt him, but I really want you to hurt him. <laughs> yeah, but we have to do it quietly. So you're going to take a breath. And we're going to figure this out like she does like you. Can, yeah, you can tell, you know, in his head, he's like, "Nah, I'm just going to go F him up right now. But again, the the trust is there and there's there's nothing that happens in this episode that shows us any of that, why they're at that point, how they're together through this. Um, But it all works and it's just it's all based on everybody in this first episode. The acting is top notch. Everybody yep. involved in this episode is on point with this um i really enjoyed the acting here the the cinematography in this is is unbelievable um i will say there was one thing and rob i'm i'm gonna be curious uh, about your thoughts on this um as we get to the end of the episode now it's not a it's not huge but i did kind of take a second to think about it I thought this episode ended a little oddly. I thought they would I thought they would end this episode where they did. The cut was a little odd to me. In what way was it odd? I re- so well let's take two steps back to to take three steps forward, so to speak, and and, and set this up. So you know, what happens after this confrontation is we find out that Joel is going to take, you know, Joel's now taking Ellie. He needs to, you know, get her to uh, where are they going? I'm sorry. I'm blanking for some reason. There's a, they have a meeting place outside the city. Yeah. I couldn't remember if they actually named like where they were going exactly, but he's going to take her and they, they get caught oddly enough by the, you know, militia, whatever the police, 
um, the same guy that he's selling the drugs to that he's, you know, given oxys to, um, which again, they draw back on violence. Like he beats the guy to death with his fist, but it's not overdone. So they draw back in that regard and you don't need to say it. What I thought was odd. And I, I realized that they do like the time was pressing right there. The, the cut of finding out that Ellie is infected to the episode ending. I thought there could have been maybe just a little bit more there. I did think this is where they were going to end the episode, but I don't know again, like, you know, you can always say like, Oh, I watched something and maybe they could have done something different, but I just, I thought it was kind of like a, a weirdly abrupt cut, how they just kind of boom, like they took off. There's maybe a little, I don't want to say awkwardness there, but I'm kind of not thinking of, a, of another way to, to put it. Um, I, I wanted there to be a lot more tension with them realizing that she was infected because of what that means in this world. Right. And I think she talks them out of it pretty fast without a whole lot of explanation. Um, I, I, maybe I would have liked to have seen that take a little longer. I think that's probably what I would have liked to have seen. It's, and I think that's kind of where you're getting at. If I'm, if I'm hearing what you're saying. Yes. No, I, I would have liked maybe a little bit longer or maybe even the shot ending with them just kind of staring at her. Like just the, the next episode picks up with what they're yes, going to do Like just, it. just yeah. the realization that she's in like that she's infected and just them kind of Joel and Tess just kind of like, what the f- do is going on here? Like, yeah. like to me, that's kind of where I wanted that to end. But again, that is God, that is a super, super small nitpick. Like, yeah. It, and I almost kind of thought that her wound would have been a little more, I don't want to say exaggerated, but it, I, I felt like there would have been more to it. It seemed pretty, it seemed pretty minimal. Um, but that being said, there's a moment um, when they first kind of get into that underground area, when they first start to sneak away, where they run into the the body on the wall that's just covered in the fungus and, and all the spores and things like that. Wow, is that well done. Mm-hmm. That was creepy. The special effects well, whoever, you know, the props department that created that. Wow, was that cool. Um and we're going to see a lot more of it to come. And I'm I'm here for it. Yeah. And, you know, seeing the um, it kind of made me go back. The ending made me think back to the beginning um, when that kid, when that lone kid comes walking through the wood, like comes walking through the woods and he comes up to, you know, the checkpoint or the entrance to, you know, the the quarantine zone. Um, you know, I, I kind of went back and I thought like, oh, yeah, that kid's test came up red. Yeah. Like it, it, it made me go back and think about that. And then I was like, oh, man, that's that's really sad because like that kid's dead. Like, yeah. And they and the everybody in the room just kind of reacted like it was no big deal. So I thought, oh, I guess maybe red means OK. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> initially. Yeah. And uh, oh, they're OK. That's that's like uh, red. That's some. Red's negative. 
Red's yeah. negative. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay, I guess there's like some kind of antibiotic in that needle because, you know, kid's been out and exposed for a while, probably, mm. you know, need, need some kind of uh, booster of some kind. Oh, no, those shoes were on that kid. And now the kid is going in the, the fire bin. So, okay, yep. This is, and the imagine what has to happen in, in a society where you no longer even bury the dead. They're just in... like a a burlap sack around their head. The hands are bound and they're just offloaded on off from a truck into a, into a fire pit. And there's public hangings. There's, and there's public executions. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is like how, how far backwards do things have to go to get a society to this point? Mm-hmm. And and that tells you some stuff has happened in this world in the 20 years that the time jump happens. And, you know, what a world that signs off on this stuff being normal and OK, what kinds of things are going to happen when they get outside that the safety? And I'm mm-hmm. using air quotes here for those of you listening at home can't see that I'm doing air quotes um, when they get outside the safety of the quarantine zone. What will people be like to one another? And that's the kinds of things that make this story interesting. And they and they give hits to that, too. Um, When Joel goes to ask about the radio messages and he's like, I, you know, I hear everything on this thing. Like you, you don't know what it's like out there. Um, You know, you you get the impression that, yeah, out, you know, outside those walls, that is really someplace you don't want to be because if you are going to be out there, you have to be prepared to do things that you probably never thought you'd be capable of doing. I mean, just think back to three years ago and how fast the toilet paper disappeared. Right. Imagine it's a fungal infection. What would people do then? Yeah. And you know, and toilet paper wasn't going to do anything. Like people, (laughs) but that just disappeared. Remember trying to find just even simple boxes of macaroni. Yeah. Gone. People were hoarding resources. Imagine it's fungal zombies. And all of a sudden, if you're thinking in your, if you were watching this episode and you're thinking in your head, Oh, that would never happen. Uh, I'm not, I'm not so sure it wouldn't look. uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, let's just look at stores that got looted here in Buffalo during the storm. Yep. You know, when, when everybody was trying to go out of their way to actually help their neighbors and, and, you know, we're lucky enough. We live in a city where people do that. You know, they do help their neighbors. They do care about other people who live Mm -hmm. in their, in their communities. They really do. I believe it. Um, And yet that was still happening at the, at the worst disaster this region has seen in quite some time, the worst storm that had fatalities uh, that was still happening. So, yeah, I, it's not really that much of a stretch to get me to believe that that things could devolve into this it, extremely quickly. So, yeah, I mean, it, I, I just there's certain things that I feel are better left unsaid because I don't know how to put into words like my true overall feelings about this episode because I'm in awe of it. Like, I really am. Like, I am in awe of what this episode did. At the end of it, I it might not even have been at the end, but I did say, regardless of, like, just a small tweak that I would have made, I was like, 
the, the episode one has made this must see for me. Like I need to be home next week and not miss this. Like this is back to where you wanted to be. Like if you had a show, you wanted to see it immediately. Like if it drops at eight o'clock, you're home at eight o'clock, you're on your couch, you're, you know, you, you've got your snack with you, your drink, whatever it is. And you're like, no, I'm not doing anything. Don't call me. I'm not going out. Like this was okay. I need to be home. I need to watch this. What was the last show that really did that? Because that's just not the world we live in anymore. I mean, for a while, it was Game of Thrones for people, and that was 10 o'clock Sunday night. Everybody mm-hmm. knew it. Uh, Walking Dead, 10 o'clock Sunday night. Everybody knew it. But we you know, we don't consume media that way anymore. Everything's streaming now. Yeah. And it just kind of releases in the afternoon. You know, and, and sometimes like if you're Netflix, you put the whole season out there. Mm-hmm. If you're Hulu, you put the whole season out there. Um, you know, HBO is still the one that's kind of timing it. You know, it's yep. like, okay, it's going to be nine o'clock Sunday night is when you can stream this, um, which I think is really interesting. Um, but yeah, this is something I agree. Uh, nine o'clock Sunday night, like my kids are going to bed real early on Sundays <laughs> now so that I can sit down and uh and fire this up you know as close to nine as i possibly can you will have roll down wallpaper on the windows that make it look like nighttime <laughs> yes yeah it's just like, oh and look I'll, I'll change the clocks everywhere in my house so they so they don't know what time it is look look, look at that kids I, boy it's it's unfortunate but it's bedtime we gotta we get just a- finished lunch dad what are you talking about right uh see this is why you gotta go to bed you're delusional <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, what, what a premiere, like what a premiere. I mean, there's a few things that I have watched lately that have made me have the feeling, you know, Andor was one of them uh, for Star Wars. Surprisingly enough, or not surprisingly, the Mandalorian was another one. Um, But there's been few things that have come out recently, especially in the realm of like series where I'm like, okay, I 100%, like I just said, have to see the second one. Um, and I hope that continues because even with some of them, even like the book of Boba Fett, it was like, okay, let's see where that goes. To me, it wasn't, it wasn't must watch as Boba Fett went on. Um, even to a degree, Obi-Wan, as excited as I was for that, it wasn't, I definitely didn't have that same feeling that I had for this first episode of The Last of Us. And if anybody's listened to this show, and Rob, you know that, um, there's a lot of things about Star Wars that mean a lot to me. Like, certainly to you, Harrison from The Basement Binge, who joins us a lot, you know, we've talked at length about star Wars and the impact it's had on culture and just us in general. Uh, but yeah. And very it, likely it, the majority of the listeners of this show, star Wars means a lot to them. <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah, this just what, what an opening, what a way to adapt and for, for any other company that is looking to bring something to the small screen, the big screen. Um, this is like the blueprint and there's no 
it, there's no indication that this is slowing down because if you've looked at anything up to this release for episode one, the ratings that this show is getting is not for one episode. It's for the season. Like yep. these, these media sites have watched the entire season. So they're not going out of the gate. Wow. They hit a home run and then boy, it fizzles out. No, th they are saying what we saw in episode one is the season. Now, Rob, that, you know, you mentioned it. Maybe that's not going to be for everybody, but you know, for me, Every indication is this is going to be an all-time great. You know, you kind of talked about this is what this is the kind of show that you know that you're going to have to watch. That you've named some other shows that just didn't, you know, you were excited about them, you enjoyed them, but they weren't necessarily must-watch. You know, I talked about it a little bit ago, but just the way we consume TV is different. A lot of people, and you can think of many people in your circle of, of friends that they won't start a show until it's already over so they can binge the whole thing. Mm -hmm. They, you know, they want to be able to watch three or four episodes at a time because streaming has made everything so on demand and easy. You know, you can start, you can watch half an episode on your phone on a lunch break and then finish the other half when you get home um, on your TV, you know, and, and all those other combinations of the way you can watch things. So the, it's got to be like a really impactful show that you have to watch the night it comes out. People are busy, you mm -hmm. know, particularly you think about this time of year, this, this came on at nine o'clock on a Sunday night at the same time that a very important, you know, interdivisional playoff game was happening in the NFL between Cincinnati and Baltimore. And there was a lot of people that were very interested in that game. So there's a lot of other things people could be doing, but this is the sort of thing that I believe uh, I, I know that I will be mm -hmm. nine o'clock on Sunday. I will be looking forward to it. I will not be, Oh, I'll watch it when I get around to it, or maybe I'll catch it later this week. Um, you know, this will be a day one sort of watch for me. I, I, I really think, and you kind of touched on it with the the kind of reviews this whole season is getting. Um, you know, I I would kind of tell listeners just go ahead and name any emotion, any emotion, anything. Name any of them that you can think of, and my prediction is by the end of this season, you will have felt that emotion. You will feel fear, anxiety, rage joy, sadness, love, all of them, mm -hmm. every single one you can think of the entire cast of inside out plus 75 other ones. Um, this will hit all of those buttons for you at some point. And, uh, I, I couldn't be happier that we're going to be breaking it down probably every Sunday night unless things come up and we have to switch it to Monday. But yeah, I I'm so happy that we're doing that for this season and uh, listeners. I'm happy that you chose to download this and, and hang out with us for this, for this season. Yeah, that I am incredibly anxious to get to next Sunday like yeah. already um, to talk about this and, you know, just one of my final thoughts um, before we actually say, okay, what do we rate this episode and close out here is, again, one thing that, and this will tie into my ranking, that I find really impressive here is one of the last things that I'm going to talk about, that I'm going to mention, is the fact that in the age that we live in, Rob, you just mentioned this, 
where a lot of things drop at once and it's, you know, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me mass consumption of content. This is a rare feat where I am excited to have to wait. Yes. Like I I am the anticipation of getting a new episode. It like I am as at a fever pitch right now. And I like that. I actually, after watching this, I don't want to binge this because I, over these next couple of days, I know I'm going to be thinking about this. I know I have friends that I'm going to see that are watching this and I'm going to talk about it with them as well. Um, And I want that time to breathe. Like I I want that time to get deeper thoughts on this or things like that. Um, So this is that, that occasion where I am so glad that this is not dropped um, all at once. And, and for a show like this is going to have the ride that it's going to take us on. That's way more effective. And we kind of talked about this with Mandalorian, especially when we were recapping season two, that show was much more effective that we had to wait every week for another episode. Um, I think the best shows that Disney plus in general has given us um, think about, you know, before WandaVision took a left-hand turn and betrayed the whole audience with <laughs> that nonsense red herring <clears throat> that I still hate them for, you know, when it was really, really good and the mystery was drawing you in deeper and deeper, it worked so much better that you had to wait a whole week for it. Uh, Loki was, was kind of the same thing. Um, you know, just drawing you deeper and deeper into that and, and what was going to happen and what was going to be next. Um, as opposed to just, okay, you can sit down and, and watch the whole thing all at, in one sitting or maybe two sittings and, and you can't talk to your friends about it, or your coworkers. Cause okay. They only went two episodes in and you're four right. episodes in, um, this is one that you'll, you will be better enjoyed if you can, if you can talk about it with other people. Yeah. So let's, as we close out the episode, let's hit popcorn time and, where does this rate? And for everything that we talked about, the cinematography, the performances, um, the emotions that some of those that you mentioned that I've already had some sadness, um, eagerness, um, tension, curiosity, and you know everything in between. Uh, this is very easily, without a doubt, a five. There, there's no question. Um, I was 20 minutes into this and I was convinced I was going to give it a five. I was 40 minutes into this and I was convinced I was going to get a, give it a five. Um, it, it never wavered moment to moment how good this was and how much I was enjoying it. Um, it, it is a five in every sense of the word. And, you know, there's there's fives that we've given where I'm like, well, it's a five because I purely enjoy it. But from a technical standpoint, it's not the tightest thing. Uh, but for me, this is. Yeah, th- this had everything. Yeah, this isn't one of those ones where the French judge is going to give it a mandatory two tenths deduction for this or that or something else. This is this was easily a five for me as well. Um, you know, right out of the gate, I'm, I'm intrigued. I want to see more. Uh, nothing about this didn't work for me. Nothing about this was, you know, was off or, you know, just not well handled. So five out of five, can't wait to come back next week and do this again. Yeah. Uh, I am so excited to continue, uh, th- this journey that we're going to be on. Uh, and during this journey, uh, if this is 
where you're picking up at Mako's to the movies, you've, you've seen some of the social media posts that we're going to be covering this. And this is where you decided you wanted to start your journey with us. Um, you know, first and foremost, we would say welcome. Um, hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope you keep coming back and joining us. But if this is the first ever episode you've listened to, uh, January's pretty busy for us at Mako's to the movies. Um, we are not only doing The Last of Us, we just did a review on Independence Day. Um, I did a review on the movie Megan, on the movie Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Uh, we will be doing, um, throughout the rest of January as well, a bunch of Will Smith t- uh, titles. We are going to be reviewing Hancock, Men in Black, uh, I Am Legend, and then topping those movies with Wild Wild West. Um which will be interesting. Um, <laughs> I'm not necessarily looking forward to that one. <laughs> yeah, that that is going to be one of the more interesting ones. I think we will uh, we will do um, in this show. But a, a lot of things coming, uh, you know, and easily this is going to be, you know, for me, this is one of the most highly anticipated things that uh, that we're doing during January is is the Last of Us, but. Rob, if, if this is the first go, how do listeners stay in touch with the show and, you know, keep up to date with what we're doing? There are so many fantastic ways, particularly if this is uh, if, if you're coming to this as your first time, uh, would love to hear from you. Absolutely. Uh, particularly if um, you've not played any of the Last of Us games, uh, if you're just checking the show out because, um, you've, you know, you've heard good buzz about it. Really want to hear your thoughts on this. Is this something that you're interested in? Is this something that you think lived up to the hype? Uh, you can email the show mgttmpodcast at gmail.com just the initials of matt goes to the movies podcast at gmail.com while you're on the interwebs certainly check out the uh, facebook page as well as the facebook group good conversations will happen over there sometimes you can also check out the show on twitter youtube there's a couple of um, video episodes and video reviews that are available there including a fairly recent one on the first resident evil dumpster fire uh, i mean movie um mm-hmm. can you even call that a movie no i'm just gonna leave it at dumpster fire uh that's available over there and you can also check out the show on instagram and tiktok but uh certainly uh check all of those things out whatever your social media um platform of choices you can find matt goes to the movies there yeah thank you so much listeners for joining us uh for this episode and many more uh we certainly appreciate your time that you spend with us so until next time we will see you very soon at matt goes to the movies